We are so thankful that Jesus is our champion of heaven and he has made a way for us to enter into a relationship with God and enter into all that he has for us. In a few minutes' time, we're going to share communion together. But I just want to read a few verses from a well-known chapter in the Bible for those who have been in church for a long time. It's in the Old Testament, and I'm going to make a few points on it. We have a focus for the year on health matters. And these are items about healthy church, rather than individuals, healthy church and healthy church ingredients. And it's the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8. And we read from New Living Translation, in October, when the Israelites had settled in the towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October the 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood six men whose names you can see, and on his left stood seven men whose names you can read also. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, whose names are mentioned there on the screen, then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord, your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites too quieted the people, telling them, hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a fest, eat at a festive meal, sorry, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood them. If you know the background to this story, the, the end of a building project where 
after being in exile for many years, a lot of Jews came back to Jerusalem to repair the, the broken wall that was there. And a bit like us, our lives are broken down, but we are in building projects. We are building projects. But they returned and they built this in about 52 days. And here we have them coming and having a church service, so to speak, an Old Testament type church service, an open air service. And I just want to pick up some ingredients of this service which gears us towards a healthy church and includes celebration. And we're finishing with celebrating communion. Israel had been away in exile but came back and something special happened as they came together for this meeting. Some commentators would say it was the essence of revival or revival meeting, what was taking place here. But we can learn so much for us today about what causes health in a church or what is healthy for a church or for church services when we come together. And the first thing we see is there's a unity of purpose. All the people assembled with a unified purpose. We speak often, have spoken often about the importance of unity and the power of unity. But the reality is we can't ever speak enough about it because it's such a key element of healthy church life. Any church should have a sense of unity of purpose together. A unity of trying to endeavor to do what God wants us to do. Psalm 133 is still an important principle where we realize that when God's people dwell together in unity, God commands blessing. We're not saying everybody has to think the same or act the same, but we have a unity of purpose in seeing his name honored, his presence experienced, his power demonstrated, his will evident in our lives and in our church life and his kingdom extended. We don't mean we agree in how we do everything, but the why of how we, why we are doing it should be a unified purpose. In your life, our purpose to reach, inspire, serve and equip and a vision to build a community, a church sorry, the community can't do without. We should be unified in what we are trying to do. Sometimes we might differ in how we do things, but healthy church has a unified togetherness and purpose of what they're there for. And part of that demonstration of unified purpose is assembling together. A couple of weeks ago, Colin Moch preached, Pastor Colin preached on that tours and the importance of being together. Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And we're two weeks closer to his return than the last time we heard that. You know, we've all had family gatherings when some people have been missing and have been missed, unless it's the in-laws. No, I'm just kidding. We've all had family gatherings where people have not been there for whatever reason, and their presence is missed. No, I love what Jonathan said to David in the Old Testament when David was going away and there was a meal taking place the next day. And Jonathan says, you know, David, tomorrow we're going to celebrate the New Moon, New Moon Festival. You'll be missed when you're placed at the table. 
is empty. No, we're missed. You're missed when you're not there. And we come together in church and it's like coming to a table, a banquet of God's blessing. And it's not empty chairs at empty tables because it's empty chairs at full tables of the provision that God has provided. So healthy church, there's a unity of purpose that we see here. But also there's a respect for the word of God. A desire to hear, to read the word of God. It says that the people ask for the word of God to be read. We're hungry to hear what God's word said is basically what they're saying. So for the next six hours or so, Ezra read the word of God. But don't worry, my name's not Ezra. But they were hungry to hear what God has said. Do you hunger to hear what God has said? Do you hunger for the word of God? As a church, do we hunger to hear what God is saying and what he is speaking to us? Let me encourage you that the more you read the word of God, the more God will speak to you. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet, a light for my path. A healthy church has a real desire and a hunger to hear what God is saying. Just look at these people here. They had an attitude that when they saw the book being opened, they rose to their feet and all the people listened closely to the book of the law. A healthy church also has an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of honoring God, of lifting him up. Just catch the atmosphere in this open air gathering when they're all together. Ezra praised the Lord. He was a worship leader as well as reading the word. He was a worship leader that day. And all the people are saying, Amen, Amen. They entered into the worship. They lifted their hands. They bowed down. They worshiped with their faces to the ground. There was an atmosphere of worship. Something changes in worship. Worship changes atmosphere. And a healthy church is an atmosphere of worship and honoring God and lifting him up, singing the glory of his name. What they had in this church setting here, they had an honoring of the written word and a worshiping of the living Word. That's what we are at. We honor the, the Word of God, but we worship the living Word. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. And it goes on to say, The Word became human and made his home among us, speaking of Jesus. God's presence fills an atmosphere of worship. On a practical note, let me encourage you when you're not in church on a Sunday, when you're on your own during the week, you're maybe going through a difficult time or you're going through a, a dark period, let me encourage you, put some worship music on in your home, in your car. It changes the atmosphere. Sometimes maybe you've got a, a, a problem with a, a, a child, a teenager, and get through a difficult phase. When they're not there, why don't you go into the room and just play some worship music? It's not the big answer. It's not the whole answer. But it changes the atmosphere. Worship changes atmospheres. And a healthy church has an atmosphere of God-honoring worship. I love to come to church and to worship with others with the same mindset, to come together and let us exalt his name together. It's good when we come together and exalt his name. And know what's so amazing? When we lift him up, Somehow he lifts us up because Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw men to myself. And this was a long, long meeting. 
He read the word for six hours. I don't know how long the worship was going on. But the fourth aspect of a church which is healthy is as a heartfelt response to what God says. It's not just hearing the word, it's doing the word. In the passage, the Levites were spread out in the congregation to explain the scriptures, the application of the word that Ezra was speaking. Some for language issues and some just for teaching application. Because the reality is the word of God has a powerful application to our life. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's not a debating exercise. There has to be an application for the Word of God. And what happens in a Sunday should impact our Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And that's a challenge to all who arrange Sunday services or are involved in Sunday services. But the beauty of the Word of God is that when we hear it and there's a response, it impacts every area of our life. It impacts our finance. It impacts our relationship. It impacts our work, rest, and play more than a Mars bar could ever do. That's lost in a younger generation. I appreciate it. But the Word of God has to impact and does impact every aspect of our life if we respond to what it says. A healthy church and healthy church people don't just hear the Word, but they respond to the Word of God. And here, the response of the word was genuine, it was sobering, as they listened to the law of God. And we need to remember, in the context of this group of God followers, they only had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They only had the law of God. And that's what was being read. And basically that was them listening to a covenant agreement, a covenant relationship that God had set out with them. The terms and conditions of his relationship with them and their relationship with him. And basically it says, here's the deal. These are the terms of this covenant relationship my standard, my code, my requirements for you to get the benefits of that relationship with me, the law, the Ten Commandments and other requirements. And if you fulfill all these, then you'll know my covering, my protection, my blessing, my favor, my provision, etc., etc., etc. And if not, then you take yourselves out of that covering and blessing that covenant benefit blessing. And the response to hearing this from the word of God was that when the people heard it, they recognized how far short they were of the God's requirements. That's why we read the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. They heard what God required of them and it just brought them into a place of remorse and tears and weeping. How does that apply to us? Well, the reality is Romans 3.23 tells us that every one of us has sinned or fallen short of God's standard, God's excellence, God's glorious standard. And that should trigger 
and remorse in us, a repentance within us. It's God, you've always been true to what you said you would do. But we have messed up. You know, history would show that every time God moves on you in a fresh way, there's a time when people come and recognize we are the problem. We have messed up. We repent. We are sorry. And his people here are in tears. They're weeping when they realize this shows us how short we are from where we should be. And in a healthy church, there should be genuine remorse at the appropriate time. We should have a heartfelt, yes, we have messed up. But the good news is this was not the end of the story. This was not how this group of people were left because the leaders came and said to the people, you need to stop crying, guys. You need to just stop the weeping. It's okay that you're remorseful. It's okay that you recognize how far short you've got. It's okay that you recognize that this relationship we have with, all, with our God has been broken because of us. It's okay to come before him and say, sorry. But listen, church, you shouldn't be staying in that attitude. You shouldn't be focusing and maintaining that attitude. And in the context, they're coming and I say, you know what? God's made a way back to relationship. God's made provision how we can get back into that relationship. As we've listened to the law, you've heard how God has required this of us and that of us and we've messed up. But within that, God knew that we'd get it wrong. God knew that we'd mess up. God knew that we weren't perfect. God knew that we could never come to the standard he expects of us. So in this covenant relationship of these people, it says he's made provision. He's made a provision where we can make a sacrifice of a lamb or a ram and God will accept that and he'll bring you back into relationship with him and the past will be dealt with, the sins will be gone and we're back in relationship with him and that's the heart of God, that's what God has been saying to us here, he's given us this law, we've read the law, we've read all about it but the focus and the emphasis is not on how bad we've been, the old focus and the emphasis is on how gracious and how merciful and how good God has been and even though you're crying now guys but God doesn't want you to be in that place God wants you to bring, to be brought into a place where you can celebrate that he has already made provision for us to come back into relationship and this is not a day to mourn this is a holy sacred day to the Lord it's a day of rejoicing it's a day where we signify we have that relationship with him one commentator put it like this this is a day of feasting it's a day of thanksgiving to God it's a day of of rejoicing and celebrating his mercies in our life. And this is an Old Testament group of people who were under a, a Old Testament covenant relationship. But if we come to ourselves, there are lessons we can learn of a healthy church. Yes, there are areas we can learn. We need to come with a unified purpose. We need to honor the word of God. We need to have an atmosphere of worship. We need to respond to what God's Word says. 
But you know what? When we come around this communion table, we thank God for it. But God gave us this communion table not for us to dwell in how bad we have been. Yes, we'll take a moment, and if there's anything in our life, we can come and we repent and say sorry. But God gave us this to, so that we could celebrate how glorious and how merciful and how gracious our God is. Because in the Old Testament, God gave a way for them to come back into relationship through a sacrifice of an animal. But in the New Testament, under a new covenant agreement, a new covenant relationship, we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ became the sacrifice once and for all. And we celebrate that he took our punishment, he took our sins, he took what we deserved and brought us into a relationship with God in a way which is even greater than those in the Old Testament had ever experienced. So we're going to come around the communion table. But know what? We're going to take a moment. We're going to take a moment and we'll come and say, Lord, we recognize this is a serious moment. We recognize that your body was broken for us. And Lord, we thank you for this bread and it represents your broken body. And we're going to take it together. Let me encourage you to take the bread that you've got already prepared. And we're going to say thank you to our God. Thank you for a broken body. Thank you that Jesus was a sacrifice. And Father, we thank you for blood. We thank you for this wine that speaks of the blood of Jesus. That blood which was shed for us. And we take it and we say thank you. We thank you that blood washes us clean. And today we just take a moment and while we're taking this, we say sorry for those areas where we're messed up, those sins, those things that we need you to forgive us. And for those who have never experienced Jesus as a saviour, you can just say sorry and ask him to come and forgive you. And we're taking a moment to do that as we focus on the bread and the wine. But then God wants us to move on from there. And just that those leaders were telling the people, guys, it's okay because of the sacrifice. It's a day to celebrate. And I want to encourage you today don't mourn because this table, this, these emblems, they speak of a celebration. We are celebrating communion together. Sean's going to lead us in a song, but we're going to celebrate that Jesus paid the price for us. And we're not meant to weep and cry and mourn any longer. We celebrate the fact that our sins have been forgiven. We are right with God and we are in a right relationship with him. So let's celebrate together what Jesus Christ has done for us as we sing this song together and then David will come and close the service for us. God bless you.